Great to have the two of you. Carl, let's begin with you since the Gamecocks were winners last week and Clemson was not. What would you think of their performance there at Vanderbilt? It was kind of good to see the offense do some things to kind of get some guys open and use some of the guys. They put your best players in the best position to be successful. I think offensively, we, we did that. Defensively, I thought that our defensive line played well. I thought they played well enough for us to win. If they can continue to play that well throughout the rest of the year, I think we'll be okay with our defensive line. Linebackers, you go back and look at some of the misplays, the long plays that Bandy had. You had guys coming into the in the box, stopping their feet and getting shaking bacon, <laughs> and the guy going for a thirty yard play. And you got linebackers that's overflowing gaps that you just don't move that fast to the outside when the ball's not out there. They they getting ahead of the football, and it's just a lot of young guys too. Those guys I saw making mistakes at linebacker that I hadn't seen play a whole lot either. Yeah, yeah. Is that just a matter of experience? I mean, eventually they'll figure that out and they won't make those mistakes? Yeah, you do, and they need playing time. You, you, you can get playing time against when you're playing somebody like Vanderbilt. That's when you can get them. If they make a mistake, you still got a chance to win the ball game so they don't hurt you too bad. Secondary, we got the same problem. Guys that just playing a whole lot of football, linebackers in the past playing a whole lot of football, you got to get some of these younger guys. They don't learn unless they make mistakes. You got to put them out there in the fire and let them get hot. Uh, Will, uh, I know you were pretty shook up from this past Saturday. Uh, your thoughts on what happened to the Tigers up there in South Bend? Well, yeah, I mean, obviously it was a foreshadowing. And by the way, I, I hear that there's rainbows and butterflies all in Columbia since uh, you can never lead off a show with Carolina 1 and Clemson lost. So I understand what an anomaly this show is for you guys. But, um, you know, it, it, it was one of the poor showings that that Clemson has had. Honestly, Phil, I don't even remember the last time it looked this bad. Um, and and I, I'm not just going to talk about, you know, everybody I think is kind of head-scratching a little bit. I, you know, I was in Charleston this morning with a, just a litany of Gamecock fans and Clemson fans had a chance to have – tons of conversations down at, at that prayer breakfast. And by the way, Daryl Strawberry did an unbelievable job. Oh, you were at that. Give a shout out. Oh, fantastic. Um, but um, uh, just a, an incredibly uh, powerful testimony. But, you know, here's the thing, Phil. I've heard for the last, you know, five, four or five days about 15 different reasons why Clemson lost the game. And they're all valid. Like, every one of them mm. are valid. Uh, I, I can't see one that's not, you know, they should have run the ball more. Granted, they shouldn't have turned the ball over. You got it. How about let's get tighten up special teams? Okay, should have done this on play calling. Receivers dropping passes, defensive ends getting pinned in. I mean, everything that you can say as far as a reason, honestly, is absolutely correct. Mm. It was one of those nights where I just didn't see much going right. Now, can you put it all on one thing? I, I think you're. I think you would kind of limit yourself and, and kind of show a little bit of ignorance if you do that because if it's not one thing, it's another. I mean, not a lot of people have 99-yard punt returns for touchdowns in the same game. You have a block punt for touchdowns and multiple interceptions and pick sixes, and not a lot of people have those in the same game. Mm. But it happened, and it was a nasty night. And I think what it did come down to, too, is I think Notre Dame wanted the game more. I mean, from a line of scrimmage standpoint – I just felt like that Notre Dame was very, very physical in the trenches, both sides of the ball, and we did not answer the call. 
Now, when we did answer the call, we had moments that we looked good, and then we would turn the ball over. And so I just felt like all night long you felt like, okay, we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting for the spark, we're waiting for the spark, here we go, here we go, second-half team, and it just never materialized. And you tip your cap to Notre Dame. Once they got their foot on the gas, they never let up. So you give them tons of credit for just – punching Clemson in the mouth and so they got to recover and they don't they got a short week to do it yeah against a dangerous team that's gotten hot so I I know you and coach Streeter longtime close friends real tight and now Jeff Scott is out there after getting fired from USF and I mean immediately you hear Clemson fans this is some not everybody but some out there saying hey got to go get Jeff Scott bring him back is this an uncomfortable time for Brandon Streeter no, well, first of all, I mean, Brandon's, I mean, he's was my roommate in college. He's my, one of my dearest friends in the whole world. So I don't, I don't care who's asking the questions. You're not going to sit me, hear me say, you know, anything negative. Street will say as much negative or deprecating about himself. I don't have to be the one to say it, and I wouldn't say it. Yeah. Um, I think it's comical to bring up a, a firing and hiring with four games, potentially five games left to play. Um, well, we know there's five games left to play. I mean, I, I think it's comical. I mean, you're going to have this conversation. How asinine is it to have a conversation about firing a coach after one loss? Okay? I mean, I love Jeff Scott, too. We were teammates for five years together. Jeff is one of my dearest friends. I mean, I texted Jeff almost every weekend. So I love Jeff, and I love his dad just as much as anybody in the world. But I think it's a very, very immature and almost abysmal comment to say, oh, after one loss, let's go make a change? I mean, good gracious, man. I mean, you're talking about a guy that has not barely even had a chance to put a full season under his belt. So I think the, a little bit of grace period is uh, probably where people need to land. Guys, when a brand-new coordinator comes in, he's usually given a little bit of a, uh, uh opportunity to, to – get a little bit more wet behind the ears. This is not the first time Street's been a coordinator, but at the same time, a first time he's been a coordinator on this level. Um, I mean, look at a guy like Billy Napier who uh, cut his teeth at Clemson, and now look at what he's doing down at Florida. I mean, you guys will get a chance to find out this Saturday at 4 o'clock. So, I mean, I think you can go one or two different directions with this conversation very quickly. Of course, let me just – so that there's clarity here. When you say you guys, you're talking about people like – Chris and, and other people, you're not talking to me. Well, no, I'm, now, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying people that ask that question. Right? No, I'm no, talking no. You're talking about Gamecock. You're saying you're referring to Gamecocks. I just want to make sure you're not including me in your reference there. That you know no, that I'm no, a neutral observer. I'm saying any, any, I'm saying that anybody that makes that comment, yeah, I, I know you're just posing the question that the general masses have posed. And I was, I've been asked that question already probably ten times this week, and my answer is still the same, guys. All, you're only nine games into the season. This is not that. Oh my gosh, you finished five and six, or five and seven. Well, I mean, this is not. You know, let's. I mean, you're still in the top ten in the in the college football playoffs. Now, is that going to matriculate into something in the top four? I doubt it very seriously. But it's still dangling out there. You're still playing for a conference championship. Let's not act like the fact that you know. Oh my goodness, I can't believe that. We were preseason top five, and then all of a sudden we end up out of the top 25. That's not where the program is. All right, uh, Carl, and Will said, okay, you're going to be facing Billy Napier down in Florida for the Gamecocks. 
you, you kind of know what Florida's going to do with the big quarterback and the running backs. They're going to try and run the football. But their, their defense has been susceptible to giving up the run as well. Uh, they're like really they're, these two defenses kind of mirror one another. I think it, it could be a high scoring game. South Carolina is going to have to score points because I'm pretty sure Florida is going to score points. So do you expect Satterfield to to call a similar type of game in this setting in the swamp? It's sell it's a it's a sellout. It's going to be extremely loud, and so getting the signal the play in and the signal off will be crucial. Do you think they can handle it? I think so because you got to look at AR. He's only played well when he's away from the swamp. All the games he's played at the swamp, he's not played very well. And you look talking about, and and I'm going to take a little exception to you putting our defense as bad as Florida defense. They give we're giving up about 170 yards a game. They're giving up almost 200. They're giving up over 450 yards of total offense. Their defense sucks. (laughs) So so if our offense, if look. We've, we've grown a little bit this year on offense because last year it took us 12 games to realize what how to use Jonah. This year it took us nine, so we're 25% better already. If we keep using that kid, he, he's not a receiver. He's a quarterback playing receiver. He's not the best quarterback we have, but he's talented us to help us win football games. And if you use the middle of the field – we have an opportunity. There's there's a there's a track here for us to win this football game, and I don't think we have to score more than like thirty five points. Thirty five well, points. That that'd be a lot. That, that'd be celebration <laughs> for the Gamecocks. Go ahead, Chris. Will and the thrill with us tonight yeah. for a few more moments. Will Merritt and uh, Carl Hill and Will. One final thought post mortem on Notre sure. Dame, and we'll put the game to bed. If Davo Sweeney had to do it, had to do it rather over again, does he leave uh, leave Kate Klubnick in a little bit longer after the interception, or did he look at it and say, you know what, that's a teachable moment about how important ball security is? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, and I really don't have a good answer. I think that the answer would probably be he would have done a lot of things different. That just might have been one of about six to eight things he would have done drastically different. Um, and I hope that's the case because if, if he doesn't, and, and if and if Cade has an opportunity against Louisville, um, that means that things aren't going right again. And, um, and guys, I mean, this is a scary, scary football team that – you know, I, I'm, I'm, I've got as much trepidation about this weekend as I did last weekend. So let me just tell you, I hope that he looks back and says, okay, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done that. But it's a smart staff, and, um, and obviously they're going to have to make changes. I think it's a great question, and I think everybody has probably pondered that exact same thing. Maybe, he, you know, give him some more rhythm. Don't do six plays one week, two plays the next week. One, you know, you know, let him, let him mm-hmm. get some more time under his belt. I think it's a fantastic question. I just really, you know, I, I guess in the in the heat of the moment in the game, you just go, let's go with who got us here. You know. Mm. All right, guys, uh, we are uh, closing in on the big Saturday. Uh, two more games in between now and the big game, the big rivalry game, the Palmetto Bowl. So let's see. Let's take a check of the rivalry meter with the two of you. At this stage, Gamecocks coming off uh, a massive, a phenomenal, dominating, crushing win at Vanderbilt. Clemson coming off a stomping, kick in the face, uh, wee weed all over loss at Notre Dame. Let's see how that affects the rivalry meter tonight. Carl, what you got? Rivalry meter, read for you tonight. And, and, and I'm going to jump back real quick. 
Florida's given up 37 points, more than 37 points over the last three games. I think we can get their 30 <laughs> to 35 points against them. Okay. 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 Now, the last week I was telling you about, them, about my Tigers friend peeping around the barn looking into the cockpit, and then we laid that egg. They all started running back out there. There's nothing to see. Hey, they peeping back around the fence, right, the, the, the barn right now looking in the cockpit because they trying to say, Hey, man, I hope y'all can beat Florida because if y'all beat Florida, it make our record look good if we beat y'all. But this week, I'm feeling good after what I saw last week. I'm at a six and a half, baby. Whoa, that's a season high for you, six and a half. Will, what you got? It is. After seeing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where I'm at. Okay. Okay. Yeah, high is right. Um, so here, here's what I'd say. If you get this giddy over a win over the Commodores, Good gosh, what's going to happen if y'all win at the Swamp? I mean, Carl, he'll, he's going to run around Columbia half-naked, you know, <laughs> passing out $100 bills. I mean, give me a break, dude. I mean, all right, I'm still at a 10. I mean, because I think the better team will win, all right? I'm not, sh- I'm not swaying from my 10 until you show me something that you can do to beat us. Guys, you don't understand what the media is supposed to be or it's broke. (laughs) (laughs) It's broke. (laughs) Guys, we appreciate you. Have a great rest of your week, a great weekend, and we'll get with you next week. Thank you so much. Thanks, fellas. You got it. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, guys. Y'all fantastic. Uh, I tell you, I love our Thursday nights. Corey Miller, then Will, and the thrill. You can't top it. Yep, love it, love it. 